Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. We welcome you into another episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. We round out the week this way with more from Ron Rivera at the Scouting Combine. Now, we've been playing Kyle Smith and Ron Rivera at the podium uh, over the last two episodes. But this that you're going to hear today in two segments is Ron Rivera just meeting with local reporters, meaning the local reporters that traveled to Indianapolis uh, to have a little extra time with Ron in terms of being able to ask more specific questions than generalized questions, uh, some of which were asked at the um, at the podium, because that is open to all media. This session that you're going to hear is people that actually cover the Washington Redskins on a day-in, day-out basis that, again, can dig in on a little bit on the nitty-gritty as much as Ron would allow. So we're going to start with part one, where Ron's going to address the Trent Williams situation briefly, uh, very terse about it, uh, and as well the Quentin Dunbar situation. Now, we should point out in this particular episode before we start with Rivera about Trent Williams that Mike Garofolo of NFL Network and NFL Media reported on Thursday afternoon from the Combine in Indianapolis that Trent Williams has told the Redskins that he will need a contract extension or he wants a trade. He's not coming back for just the final year of his deal with no guaranteed money, which is what he was saying all along. But everybody, because, well, because they fall for it, which is utterly ridiculous, and we're the only ones that, well, not the only ones, but we're one of the only ones, if not the only one, that actually don't believe everything we hear, and we dive in, and we ask questions and we try and figure out what people mean by what they say. And we never, ever, ever, ever thought it was going to be easy. Now, did I think maybe it would get done based on all the reporting? You know, strong interest, uh, the Redskins strongly believe. As I said last weekend and early this week, you know, you can strongly believe whatever you want. I strongly believe in a lot of things. Doesn't mean I'm going to be able to do it doesn't mean I'm going to be able to get it done. And for this report to leak out on Thursday of Combine Week, not not surprising, not shocking, but basically what it tells you is all of those possible and um, not possible, all of those reports of progress all of the happy dances that Redskins fans were doing because of what the media was saying, whether it be Tony Pauline, you know, who said he would come back just for Ron, which was absurd. Um, whether he, you know, the Redskins strongly believed the Washington Post. Well, again, the Redskins can strongly believe all they want. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It doesn't mean that, that they're going to be able to figure out a way to make the deal work. And that's exactly what is happening right here. So until the Redskins step up and pay him more money or guarantee, and who knows exactly what he wants, and that's part of the problem too, you know, you're not going to have a deal. Now, maybe something can change radically, but it does not look good for Trent Williams, nor should it, quite honestly. 
And, you know, again, I can't stress this enough. If you've been listening to us here on this podcast, on our Google News Initiative updates, reading us at redskinsreport.com, listening to us on the radio at 106.7 The Fan, we've told you time and time and time again that this was not going to be an easy negotiation, that there were complicated factors here. Time and again. And it's okay. That's the way business works. But the notion that this was going to be just snap your fingers and Trent Williams was going to come back after sacrificing 14 plus million dollars last year (coughs) was absurd. He wasn't coming back just for Ron Rivera, just because the Redskins expected him to or strongly believed that they would. All right, let's hear from Ron Rivera, who addressed this tersely, and then Quentin Dunbar and more next, right here, right now, on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Um, can we start a little bit more on Trent, just where you are in that, and is it now at a place where it's a, a financial question more than anything else? Well, I think where it is, we're still working through details. And those include contractual stuff? We're, we're, we're in a good place, we have a good conversation, and we're going to go from there. What about with Quentin Dunbar, um, Ron? Where did things stand? I know that there have been a lot of reports, but what exactly has happened? Well, Quentin came in. We had a great conversation. Again, um, I know what he has said. Uh, and, again, you know, we really won't know until April 6th, but the hope is that he'll come in ready to roll because um, he is under contract. And um, I, I do understand his point of view, and that's something that I think he and I just need to continue to talk about. He is a quality player in this league, you know, uh, and he's a, he's, he's a solid football player. Do you consider him part, when you talk about core guys, do you look at him as one of those guys? I think he's a guy that could most certainly. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I hope everyone understands, I don't know this group of guys. I, I really don't. And you've got to be able to go out there and assess the talent and whether they fit what you want to fit. So at the end of the day, I think everybody has to understand that and then come together, work, and show everybody whether you fit or not. Because if, if you don't, you're going to end up you know, signing guys before you need to sign them and not rewarding the guys that should get rewarded. Is he a guy that could be rewarded? Absolutely. Is he a guy that I might, we might make mistakes? Absolutely. I don't know. So for me to do anything other than to say, hey, look, I'm going to sit down and explain to you where I see you, and then I would love for you to come out and work and show me. That's what I would like to do. What's going to be your view on free agency this year? Um, I think the thing that we really want to look at is we're going to ID which positions we think we should go out in free agency and, and spend the money on and try and take care of those. I don't want to try and fill all the holes with them because at that point then you're not going after the high quality guys because you can only spend so many, so much money. And so we've got to really truly look at that. And sitting down with Kyle and talking about it, there are several groups out there that could help support the positions we need. So we have it. I mean, Kyle and his guys have really made a great presentation on this for us and we've looked at it and said, wow, man, okay, all right, good. So we've sat down, we've mapped it out. So when we get ready for free agency, we'll start prepping that way and say, okay, these are the positions we're going to try and get first. Because to think we can fill all those holes at once all, you know, and, and, and try and do that, you're, you're not going to get enough of the quality guys. Do you view this as a strong free agency class? I think it's a good free agency class. But you know, there's still three more weeks, and, and some of these guys can get re-signed by their own team. So who knows what's going to happen. That's why I said you know, when we get closer to it, we'll make our decisions. On the idea of the core players, it could be a small number, a big number. How, how many numbers? How many people, players do you think that is for you ultimately when you finalize that group? Well, one of the things that we always talk about is that, is that you identify you know, your, your, your most important position 
your least important position of your starting 11. And then you say, hey, we want these top six to be our core guys. And then we want these guys to be the guys that we put around them as support players. And then you've got to have depth. So what we've done is we've identified this. We feel we're pretty strong in most of these positions. There's a couple that we feel we can we can solidify or make stronger. And then these guys down here are, are more than serviceable. So, again, it's about being able to plug in the right guys. And that's kind of the philosophy in sitting down with Kyle and his guys and sitting down with the coaches that we've gone through. And that was probably the best exercise we did was on February 10th when we got together. And we went through that. And we, 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 we got the coaches' list. We looked at the list of guys. You know, Kyle and I had our list. You know, we, we all don't necessarily agree on everything. So we sat down, we talked it out and said, hey, what about this guy, this guy, this guy? You know, and then when we got done, Kyle and I went through it and said, hey, we feel good here, we feel good, uh, not too good here. So those are things that we're working on. You said that you don't know the players per se, and so you want them to come out and give them an opportunity to show you exactly who they are, what they are as players on the field. What is the process exactly? You said you don't want to go out in free agency and get people because you might be doubling up. What exactly has been the process for identifying, okay, like at least on film or like without seeing them on the field? Well, you can look on film and you can, but but again, you also got to understand there's certain nuances to what they're doing mm -hmm. that we don't know. Okay. There's some also some nuances, some intangibles that we don't know about in the locker room. And that's the thing that you always wrote. People can tell you all kinds of stuff, but you have to, at the end of the day, draw your own conclusion. I mean, you know, I got into that building, I didn't start blowing things up. I went in saying, okay, I got to get to know these folks. I got to give these guys opportunities. I've heard a lot of positive things here, heard some things yeah, make you worry about. But as we've gone through this process, there's some pretty quality people in these positions. These are the kind of guys that we want to be able to help. So, uh, you know, we want them to help us. So these, are the, you know, that's why we haven't done all, you know, people think, oh, you're going to change this, you can change it. Well, I did the same thing in Carolina. I went in and I listened. I, 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 I drew my own conclusions. And we kept a lot of the same people in place because they're good people, they're hardworking people, and sometimes maybe a change at the right spot might help. Now, in, in six months, in a year, in 12 months, who knows? But I'm going to go through it this way, and 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 you know, and just and, and talking with Kyle, we just, you know, everybody take a breath. Let's take a look at what we have, and we're going to go for it. And that's what we're doing. Does this so, team need more? I don't know if the right words, playmakers, explosive players on offense. Is that is that a need right now? Well, I'll just tell you that the philosophy we look at, we talk about it, and, and Scott Turner and I have talked about this, is that you know you've, you've got to protect your quarterback, and have playmakers around him, okay, more so than anything else. And because if you don't do those, your quarterback's got no chance, okay. And we'll see. I mean, like I told you guys before, I, I, I feel really good about the young talent that we have. I feel really strong about it. I like the fact that we have an Adrian Peterson there to help us as well. What you learned earlier in the camp that will help you with Haskins? Well, see, that was one of the things that, and again, in, 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 in bringing Scott Turner and bringing Kenny Zampese, if you go back to their history, they both have been with young quarterbacks. They, they, were, they were, you know, um, Scott was up with us when we drafted Cam. Um, he was he was in Minnesota when they brought Teddy Bridgewater. Kenny was in Cleveland, okay, when they brought Baker Mayfield. And so these guys been around these young guys. And one of the things I said when when I when I was interviewing people for these positions, I said, please bring me a quarterback plan, developing a young quarterback. So I went through these plans. I looked at, and I also had a copy of the one that we had with uh, with Chud for Cam. So I looked at him and I wanted to compare him and just make sure everybody has a plan. And, and that's what we have for, for, for Dwayne. We, we've developed this plan, we've talked about best way to, to, to implement this thing, and it goes back to what, 5,000 reps. All right, once again, that is Ron Rivera. We'll have more on installing a culture and how long it might take and how they're trying to go about it next, right here 
on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. What's up, guys? If you've been a listener of this podcast, the Locked on Redskins podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked on to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked on Redskins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Redskins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Locked On Redskins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, that's text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, we roll along right here on a weekend edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. And we wrap up things with head coach Ron Rivera, his private session with the media, not at the podium with the Redskins assembled media. So chance to dig down deep on a few specific issues that we've all been kind of wondering about. So uh, this is courtesy of J.P. Finley, NBC Sports Washington. Um, And, you know, I appreciate him obviously sending uh, this along so that we could hear more from Ron Rivera. Because again, yesterday's or the last episode was more general. There were some specifics, but more general because it was at the podium. We continue to dig deeper right here, right now. Right, copycat leg, as you often say. Panthers offense probably will have some Saints elements to it. You, you defended that offense for a lot of years. And kind of what are the keys? What does it look like? What are the components of it? And what's the key to well, kind of stop? Not, not to talk about somebody else's team, but I'll, I'll just say this. Um, you can have whatever offense, whatever defense, whatever special teams you want. you got to have players. You have to have players, and that, that's, that's the bottom line. Um, I do know they've got some quality players in position. They really, truly do. And the only one I, I will mention is my favorite, one of my favorites in Christian, um, and then just go from there. Is, um, is talking to Tua something that's more just doing due diligence? No, or? talking to Tua is, is, is you talk to Tua, um, which yeah. I've had an opportunity to. Uh, again, as I said, everything, guys, is, 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 is an option. We're not closing the door on anything. One of the things that Kyle and I talked about is that we have to go through this process because you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen in front of you. You don't know what's going to happen with you. So we're going to go through, and we're going to we're, – two is one of the guys that we're bringing in, just so everybody knows. Okay, we're bringing in Burroughs. We're bringing in two of them, uh, and, and, and we'll see both of their workouts. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, you just don't know. So we're going to prepare. Uh, we're going to get ourselves ready. Um, we're gonna we're gonna obviously look at the look at some of the other players. We're gonna look at Chase. Um, we're gonna look at the corners. We're gonna look at everything. You started with a franchise quarterback in Carolina. It yes. sounds like you aren't convinced you've got one at Washington now. Is that- I think we have a very good young player. Okay. Um, the more we, we break down on, the more we learn about him. Um, I think uh, you know it, it puts us in a pretty good spot. Uh, I am excited about him. Uh, one thing that I have seen is his commitment. Um, he's he's been around a lot. When I, when I make my rounds during the day and I'll, I'll walk by the weight room, there he is. I'll walk by the, uh, uh, I'll walk by the locker room, there he is. 
Uh, that to me is a is, 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 is sign of a young man that's learning that, that he needs to be around. You mentioned you have play. to have a, I'm sorry, man. No, I keep I just, you mentioned protecting the quarterback. What do things kind of stand with Brandon Sheriff and is the franchise tag maybe an option for him? Well, the biggest thing is, again, we like our guys. We like our guys that are free agents. Um, we want to try and bring those guys back. We'll see how things go. Again, you know, you, you've got to look at everything and uh, what, what happens if they don't. And there's, like I said, it's, just a, it's a pretty fair uh, free agency, but you never know because guys are trying to re-sign their own players. Do you have to have competition with Haskins yes. in this? I think you have to have competition at every position. But at quarterback, too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Quarterback's the position you've got to have competition at. But in terms of, I guess, that competition, there are guys who are viewed as, like, strictly backups, maybe could help you, but then there's other guys who are legitimate starters and maybe could get a starter job now, what type of competition would you seek to bring in for him? Very competitive competition. And I know you've talked about Alex in the past and his brother. Where is he now? Um, Alex is working out. He's he's going through his rehab. Uh, He's continuing to do all those things. He's working with our our trainers and our strength conditioning guys. do you expect him to be able to do anything in the spring or even training camp? Um, we'll see. Again, you know, he's, he's doing a lot. He's doing the things he's supposed to. Um, and, again, until, you know, the, the trainers tell me anything differently, um, I'm just anticipating that he'll be uh, he'll be uh, working out with them and get himself ready, and we'll see what happens. You, mean, you weren't here for – sorry, Les. <laughs> you, you weren't here, like, when, you know, he was at his worst. But what have you just made of his progress from the time you've seen of him? Well, I know this. He, he's, he, he, he is a uh, very driven person. And uh, he's the kind of guy that you will cheer for most certainly, and I am cheering for him um, just because of who he is as a young man. Do you think of, I think you've answered this a little bit more in the past, but approaching this year is like we're going to go for it right away. Like this isn't like, hey, we're going to build for a year. This is... Oh, we're going to build, but we're also going to play to win. We're not, we're not, I mean, I'm gonna, by no means am I, am I going to sit here and say no, no. You know, because the one thing I, I've learned is that it takes, you know, from, from, from doing some stuff with the military and been told it takes three to five years to change a culture. Um, and our plan is to change the culture as quickly as we can. Our plan is to be competitive as quickly as we can. We're not here to, you know, to, to, to wallow around and, and build for something. We're here to, you know, try and do it uh, the right way. And uh, if it takes a year, great. If it takes two, great. But our intent is to get it turned around as quickly as we can, the, but the right way. One of the things that you mentioned with Adrian was not just his on the field, but it was off the field. One of the things Carl said about Terry McLaurin's success was who he is as a person. How much does high character leadership, how much does that factor into the core players that you guys are identifying? That's huge because you can tend to rely on those guys to do the right thing, to be where they're supposed to, um, and not just for themselves, but to bring along their teammates. That's one of the things that we were fortunate enough when we were in Carolina. We had guys that would help bring along their teammates. That, I think, is very important. And is that a major identifier for people that you guys are looking for in the draft? <laughs> Absolutely. We, we have... we. we we have an eye out for that constantly, you know, and, and one of the things that you always, you always want to do is talk to the people when you go into another school. You want to talk to the right kind of people and just find out if they can tell you about who these guys are. When you're at the top, when you have a top draft pick, like, do teams tend to receive more offers oh, for yeah. being that high? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have it in mind what the right offer would be for that pick? All right, once again, that is Ron Rivera, Redskins head coach. So that'll wrap that part of it up. When we return right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, a bunch of news and notes to finish up the show. Good to have you with us. All right, so as we wrap up shop here on a weekend edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast, um, 
couple of things that came out of the other news stories of the day on Thursday that we wanted to address. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan uh, looks like situation there is that he is definitely going to stay for 2020, but what it sounds like, and, and this was first reported by uh, John Keim of ESPN, and we've talked about this, gosh, you know, for months now, the different options that the Redskins have and don't have when it comes to what to do with Kerrigan. And look, here's the thing. I don't want to be a jerk. You know, people think I'm a jerk because I'm honest. Uh, I'm not. I'm just telling you how I feel and what makes sense to me. And I, you know, I have more of a responsibility to telling you guys the truth and how and all of the things that come with it. And then the, the truth and my opinion than I do about protecting any player or any coach or any team. That's just the bottom line. So with Ryan Kerrigan, you may not like what I want to, what, what I'm saying, um, and he may not like it, but again, I'm not trying to just defend Ryan Kerrigan and just fight for him. I'm trying to look at the big picture scenario. And the bottom line is this. You know, Ryan Kerrigan, obviously an off year last year, only the four and a half sacks, whatever it was, hurt the last four or five games of the year, two different injuries, concussion, shin. Look, I have no doubt Ryan Kerrigan will come back healthy. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan has always been healthy, so maybe just a bad stretch of luck. But I can't ignore that that happened in conjunction with his worst year of production. He went from 13 sacks in each of the previous two years in the same scheme under the same defensive coordinator that everybody hated and everybody thought the reason why he only had four sacks was just because he was asked to be in pass coverage uh, all the time, which just isn't true. And the bottom line is this. Ryan Kerrigan, when you combine the injuries, yes, for the first time, and the lack of production, and the fact that he's never been really fast, and on top of that, he's never been a great player against the run and or the boot. I wonder if the plan is to put him in more of a nickel situation and maybe even kick him down inside with his hand down um, in Jack Del Rio's 4-3 defense. Because I don't think he's a first and a second down player. Second down, I mean, obviously, if it's second and 13, second and 14. But if it's second and 10, I'll see Ryan Kerrigan playing some of those, but not all of those. Not a base three down player anymore. I just don't see it. So $11.5 million is a lot to pay for a specialty player. And you hope that that specialty frees him up to get 10, 11, 12, 13 sacks, whatever it might be. But you don't know. And what you also don't know is, was last year an aberration? And is he ever going to come back? Come back to Ryan Kerrigan form, where he's getting multiple, you know, double-digit sacks per year. And especially if they can carve him out this role that I project, and nobody's told me this, I just assume, based on the personnel, especially if they have Chase Young, that that's probably what they're going to do with Anderson, Montez Sweat probably playing in base, uh, Anderson definitely playing in base, Montez Sweat probably playing in base, Kerrigan and maybe Chase Young playing, you know, again, assuming that they draft Chase Young in a sub-package. All right, so that's that. Brandon Sheriff also... 
Uh, apparently, they're working on a contract extension for him or long-term contract. Um, you know, there's some thought that they'll have to use the franchise tag. I do believe they will have to use the franchise tag. I do believe that is the right thing to do here. Um, you know, I personally would not do a long-term deal for Brandon Sheriff. I've made that very clear. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I think he's very good at times. I think he's good most of the time. And I also think he's got a ton of injuries to deal with. He's missed almost half of the last two years. <clears throat> That's a lot. That's a very big concern. You can't count on that. And to pay $85, 90000000 million, nope, not me. So I would go the franchise tag and see how things go. And if he's dominant, this year, which again, he is occasionally, but he's not dominant consistently. If he's great this year and he's great some of the time, just not all of the time. If he's great and dominant more than he's fine or good, then you might have to pony up. But again, a guy who's been injured so much over the last two years and there's been concerns privately about the work that he put in, you know, um, under former offensive line coach and interim head coach Bill Callahan. Um, <clears throat> that it would lead to injury and that it was too much on his joints. Um, the, there's been some private concerns about that from a couple of different people, uh, is what I would say. So to me, I, th I think to make a long-term deal is not going to be in the Redskins' best interests. All right, that is going to wrap it up right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast because we covered Trent, we covered Kerrigan. Oh, and Chase Young is going to meet officially with the Redskins on Friday, and Ron Rivera did confirm again that they've already met with Joe Burrow and Tua Tungavail. It sounded like those were the only two quarterbacks that they actually met with despite all this due diligence stuff. All right, that's going to do it for us. Have a great weekend. I'm off to Canton, Ohio. Maybe a trip to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll see. Uh, but to visit my kids for the weekend, I'll be back on Monday afternoon. So I will try and get in another episode on Sunday night into Monday. But have a great weekend. Adios.